If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxadeo Fichard Park, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. If I didn't greet you by the door, just a warm welcome from my side. Uh, my name is Aiden Lee. I'm part of the full-time team here at our Fijat Park campus. And what a privilege for me tonight just to kick off a brand new sermon series with us on Breathe, uh, all about leading an inspired life of worship. Now, this will probably not be news to you. If it is news, then blame the education system. But this will probably not be news to you. But breathing is one of the most natural parts of human life, right? Breathing, breathing in and breathing out is something that we naturally do. No one taught you how to breathe. You did not attend an LO class in primary school where the topic for the week was breathing 101, right? But from the very moment that you were born and a doctor pulled you out of your mother's womb, breathing came natural to you. It's not something we are taught but it is one of, if not the most important part of human life. Air in, enters into our lungs. We know this, we breathe in. Oxygen goes to our blood and our organs and it keeps us alive. And as we breathe out, we actually release toxic gases that have no place in our body. It's how we are physically kept alive, by breathing. And I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not good at medical things, but breathing obviously is crucial for life, but breathing has a lot of health benefits for us. Deep breathing, which we are going to do together in a moment, actually reduces stress, it kind of levels our blood sugar, it relieves pain, it improves immunity, it improves digestion, it is so crucial for you to breathe. And this might be news to you. And if it is, I'm sorry, blame the education system. But you would know not breathing enough will kill you. I know that's shocking. That's like a major revelation for a lot of us. But not breathing enough will actually kill you. So let's just take a moment. And we don't do this a lot. We're not a weird church, I promise. But can we for a moment, just with me, just take in a really deep breath via your nose. Let's do it together. One, two, three. And out. One more. In. And out. There's a medical condition. It's not a condition. It's just like a side effect but something called hypoxia. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. If you're a medical student, I'm not a medical student. I'm a pastor. So if I'm not saying that correctly, but this is actually the condition where you don't have enough oxygen in your body. Breathing is difficult and it leads to a whole bunch of negative things in your body. Mental fog, increased heart rate, but things start to go sideways if we don't breathe frequently enough or if we breathe too shallow. You know shallow breathing, like 
if I were to preach like this the whole evening, it would be annoying, firstly, but it would also be really uncomfortable for me. So not breathing frequently enough or kind of too quick a breathing or shallow breathing works against us. Our physical bodies, friends, and again, this is not a revelation to you. Our physical bodies can't go without breathing. Your body cannot survive if you don't breathe in and breathe out. You will die. And the spiritual truth that we want to explore over these next few weeks is this. Did you know your soul, your spirit also needs to breathe? Your spirit needs to breathe in and your spirit needs to breathe out. And the idea that we are gonna journey with for the next few weeks, which I'm only gonna introduce tonight is this. Just like our physical bodies are meant to breathe, our spirits are, are also meant to breathe. Breathing in something we're gonna call inspiration. We're gonna to get to that in a second. And breathing out worship and praise and adoration and affection towards God. Human beings, get this, the average human being breathes in and out about 22,000 times a day. That's crazy, right? A good friend of mine, because I'm really sucky at math, but a friend of mine did some math for me uh, during the week, and he calculated that means that if you live to be about between 70 and 80 years, that means you would have approximately taken close to 642,400,000 breaths. Close to a billion. Crazy, right? Your body was meant to breathe, but friend, your spirit was also meant to breathe. If we say a human being averages about 22,000 breaths a day, going in and out. Imagine for a second, if you only took, let's say two or three really deep breaths a day, and that's it. You wake up in the morning going, okay, it's 6 a.m., here I go and you go about your day and you don't continue breathing and that's it. And then close to lunchtime, you go, okay, half the day is done, here I go again. And you go about your day and you go to class and you go to pick and pay and you go about life. And you do that assignment that you're supposed to do or you attend that meeting. And then by supper time, you go, <gasps> okay, three more hours to go and then I can go to bed. So here we go. <sighs> and then you go about your night. You make supper. You watch that Netflix series. You study. You do that assignment. And then you go to bed. <sighs> Crazy, right? It is impossible to live on three really big breaths a day, if you did not know that. We go about through 22,000 of them a day. But here's the problem. I think a lot of us, 
a lot of followers of Jesus, a lot of Christians go about their faith journey like that. We take two or three really deep breaths when it's a Sunday, you know, because Sundays are fun. You know, I had a really bad week, but I'm going to church on Sunday and we're going to worship and hear the word and play ping pong and have juice and it's going to be amazing. So it's Sunday, here I go. And then I go about my week and it's Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And by the time you reach Wednesday evening, when you're supposed to go to community group, you are so wasted and spent that there's nothing left inside of you because you only took one big breath on Sunday. And this is supposed to carry me through the week. And then by Wednesday, I'm done. But don't worry, luckily Sunday's coming. I'll breathe again on Sunday, right? I'll take a really deep breath on Sunday. And if I'm lucky, maybe I'll get to that breath by Saturday morning because me and my Christian friends are gonna go do park run and that's like a little breathing. So I'm gonna take like a little breath and that gets me to Sunday. And then on Sunday, I take a really big breath. Silly, right? If our physical bodies need about 22,000 Breathing in and out a day, friend, how much more would your spirit not need breath, energy, life? And I think a lot of Christians, I think a lot of us live from a space of being spiritually out of breath. I just don't have enough in me. Here are a few things for you to consider. How do you know? If you are probably spiritually out of breath, you're not breathing in enough when it comes to faith and love and intimacy and enjoying God and spending time in his word and prayer. Here are a few pointers for you. Do you experience little joy in your Christian walk? Being a Christian is nice, but it doesn't feel like I have lots of joy does it feel like you kind of just go through the Christian motions? You know, you go to church on Sunday, you even tithe every now and then, you take the brown envelope and you put some cash, you know, and you feel pretty good. You know, maybe now and then you go to community group or to Radiance or Discovery, but it just kind of feels like you're going through the motions. I don't really feel like there's life inside of me. How about this? Do you feel that you are easily entangled in sin and just issues, things that trip you up, things that you're trying to maybe keep a secret, things that you're struggling with that you know isn't good for you, but you kind of don't know what else to do. Does it feel like you lack the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe you read through a book like Acts where it's miracle upon miracle and people speaking in tongues and people being healed and it's the birth of the church and it's wild. And you go, yeah, nee, being a Christian is nice. It's fun. No, it's like a going to church on Sunday. It's like a see my friends. It's like a now and then we have like a worship night. Then it's like a but I don't feel like there's life inside of me. I don't feel like there's joy inside of me. I kind of feel a little bit mellow when it comes to my walk with God. 
How about this? Does something like a Sunday church gathering or even something like a community group gathering or a radiance gathering or a discovery gathering, does that maybe sometimes feel like more admin than fun and joy? Maybe it's because you are spiritually out of breath. You're going about your Christian walk, taking gulps of air every now and then, but there's no regular rhythm of in and out, in and out, in and out. There's a Christian research and um, statistics group called the Bona Group. And in the year 2020, they did a study amongst young adult Christians, Christians like you and me, right? People in our age category. And these were some of their findings. I'm only going to mention two, but these were some of their findings. Only 10% of the young adult Christians they did this study with, only 10% described themselves as resilient Christians, That means 90% of these Christians found it extremely difficult for their faith to come back from difficult circumstances. So then something like COVID in the year 2020 hits and 90% of this group that they sent a study with suddenly felt that their faith is collapsing. They don't feel God is as close anymore. 90%, get this, 90% of these Christian young adults said, faith does not make much of a difference in my life. Spiritually out of breath. Not breathing enough. What's the problem? If that's you, if you feel, I'm one of those people, I'm going through the motions, I don't necessarily feel the power of the Holy Spirit in and through me, I feel like, you know, I do the Christian thing. I go to church. I do the group. Sometimes I tithe, but my life feels a little bit mellow when it comes to my faith. What's the problem here? Isaiah 29 uh, verse 13 describes the problem. It says, and so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by repetition. He's describing a spiritually out of breath people. People that run to the doing and the, the rules and the do's and do nots to get close to God. But here's the thing, breathing in and out of your soul, we're gonna get to that in a second, does not come through religious activity. If we're talking about leading an inspired life of worship, that breathing in of your soul can only happen once you see God. Once you start breathing in of who God is, If you're feeling like your breathing out is shallow or painful or just not powerful enough, maybe it's because you've stopped breathing in. Have you tried just breathing out permanently? Just try that for a second with me. Just try just breathing out and not breathing in. Can we do that together for a second? One, two, three. It's impossible. You see, breathing out is literally impossible if it is not preceded by breathing in. 
So if you find it difficult at this moment to breathe out praise, to breathe out a life of worship, to breathe out affection and love and adoration for who God is, maybe it's because you haven't breathed in for a while. That'll be hard. This series is about leading an inspired life of worship. Breathing in, inspiration, breathing out, worship. The word inspiration comes from the Latin word inspiro, and it literally means breathe into, inflame, instill, implant. This is what happens when God enters a room, right? Inspiration is what happens when God enters our midst. We are breathed upon. We are instilled upon. We are inflamed. We are resurrected. We are given life. We are breathed into. Our key verse for this whole series, we're gonna, we're gonna um, focus on this key verse for a couple of weeks, but it's in Psalm 34 verse one and two. And it's David writing, he says, I bless God every chance I get. This is from the message translation. He says, my lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Breathing in inspiration, breathing out a life of worship, a life of affection, a life of adoration, a life like that woman pouring out perfume on Jesus' feet. That's breathing out. We were made to worship, friends. We were made to breathe in God. Like our physical bodies are literally built in such a way that we can breathe in oxygen. Your soul, your spirit has been put together in such a way that it can actually breathe in God himself. We get this even at the start in Genesis. They write, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Get this. The first breath that Adam took, the second after God created him, wasn't even the oxygen that God created in the atmosphere. It wasn't even that. The first breath Adam took as a living human being was the breath of his father. <sighs> Isn't that incredible? We were made to literally be carriers of the life of God within us. But we know how this story plays out. Adam and Eve mess up. They make a mistake. They rebel and sin against God. And what happens? That breath, that life, that inspiro that God breathed into Adam was removed from them. It was taken away because now sin had entered the world. So this, this breath of life, this breath of God could no longer be in the human race. And what happened? This is what happened. God put humanity on spiritual life support. You know those breathing machines or those life support machines in hospitals, right? ventilators or machines that take over the natural functioning of a human body when that human body can no longer sustain life in and of itself. 
This is, this is unfortunately what we saw happening with so many people during COVID. Their ability to breathe, their ability to take in oxygen so that their bodies can stay alive was taken away from them. And they were placed on machines to keep the life within them going. But this isn't real life, right? Being connected to a ventilator like that isn't real life. It's synthetic life. That means it only imitates something that's real, but it's not the real thing itself. Breathing via a ventilator is not actual breathing. It's mechanical breathing. And what happened after the fall, after we rebelled and sinned against God, we had to be placed on spiritual life support. And how did that look like? It looked like the temple. God instructs his people, build me a temple so that my presence can come and live among you. My presence can no longer live inside you because of the problem of sin, but build me a temple and my presence will move into that temple so that you will at least not be permanently removed from me. Great for the time being, but it wasn't real life. It wasn't a real breathing in. It was a counterfeit breathing in. Why? Because God's presence was always behind a veil. It was always behind a curtain. It was always in a space where only the high priest could go in once a year on behalf of all the people. It's not real breathing. It's not authentic breathing in of who God is and breathing out praise. And this is where Jesus came. Mark 14 verse 58 says, we heard him say, this is not Jesus speaking, these are his words. It says, I will destroy this temple made with hands and in three days I will build another temple made without hands. What is he saying here? Jesus in this moment is saying, I have come to take you off spiritual life support. I have come to remove the ventilator. I have come to take away your mechanical breathing in of God's presence. I have come so that the breath of God the can be breathed into you again. He came to restore that in each one of us. One of the very last things that Jesus does as he gathers his disciples before he ascends back to heaven is he gathers them and it says in John 20 verse 22, and with that he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Your physical body was meant to breathe. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me on stage. Your physical body was meant to breathe in oxygen and to breathe out other things. Friend, your spirit was meant to breathe in God and breathe out worship. Breathe in God, breathe out worship. Breathe in God, breathe out worship. Us worshiping, us getting together like this, singing praise to God, us spending time in the Word, us being in the queue at Pick and Pay and just thinking about God, that is worship. That is giving God His breath back. So what does that look like? Because this, this can be a very airy-fairy thought, right? Okay, cool, breathing in and breathing out. Shop. <laughs> 
What does it look like for our souls to breathe in and breathe out? Friend, it is as simple as this. Loving communion with Christ. I'll say it again. Loving communion with Christ. Breathing in, breathing in of your soul means I don't take a big breath on a Sunday evening and then by the next week Sunday, I'm so dizzy, so tired, so spent, so over life that I just take one big gulp again and then hopefully that carries me through. That's not breathing in. Breathing in is a daily habit. The breathing in of your soul literally means I make a daily habit to enjoy God. I enjoy Him. I was so convicted when I was busy preparing this because I thought, Jesus, where last did I just enjoy you? Sit with you. Speak with you. Like you're my friend. Breathing in is being aware of God on a Monday morning when it's cold and you have to get out of bed. That's breathing in. Breathing in is being aware of God when you go to class. Breathing in means being aware of God even when you're in that meeting with those difficult people that you don't like. Breathing in means I'm aware of God when I'm in pick and pay. Breathing in means I make a habit of it to enjoy the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you over the next few weeks, we want to practice some breathing. Maybe you're feeling out of breath spiritually. Maybe you're thinking, I haven't come up for air in a long while. I've been holding my breath for a week now or a month, or a year, and I'm spent. Or maybe you're thinking, I've been on life support. (laughs) I've had it wrong. I've been breathing in fake things. I haven't been breathing in of God. And And next week, we'll look at those things. I want to invite you to stand with me. At the door, you received two cards. One card, I want you to take that in your hand quickly, both of those cards. You received one card that has a scripture verse on it and one blank card. We want to make the spiritual breathing in and breathing out of our souls very practical over the next few weeks. So we're actually going to try and preach less and experience more. Yay, people preaching shorter sermons. Yay. We're going to try and preach less so that we have more time to just spend some time enjoying Jesus together. And what I want you to do is you'll see on that card, there's a scripture and it has an inhale part and an exhale part. What I want to invite you to do is the following. The worship team, they're going to minister to us. They're going to spend some time with us on stage. But I want you to find a space. Move move around a little bit. Don't be confined 
Don't be, don't wonder what other people will think. Find a space where you're comfortable to just enjoy Jesus for a moment. And I want you to read that scripture. Maybe read it in your own Bible. Take out your Bible, read it. And I want you to meditate on that scripture, on the inhaling part. Read it. Pray about it. Think about it. Just enjoy Jesus for a moment. Just forget about that test. Forget about that deadline. Forget about that person you saw coming into the building that you don't like or that you're awkward with because things ended badly. Just forget about that for a second. And can we just enjoy Jesus for a moment? Read that. Inhale. Allow God to breathe over you. And then once you've inhaled, because remember we can't exhale without inhaling. You can't breathe out without first breathing in. Once you've breathed in enough, once you've enjoyed enough, once you've taken a big breath of the love of God that He has for you, I want you to take the blank card, the little one, and I want you to write worship, a thought, an idea, something that you want to thank God for, a characteristic of His that you want to praise Him for, something you want to say thank you for, something of Him you just want to lift up high. But write down a, a little praise idea, a worship thought. Once you've breathed in, breathe out. And once you've breathed out and written down that worship idea, I want you to either use this ministry station or that ministry station and just go take your card and just put it on there as a, as a um, prophetic act of God. Over the next few weeks, I'm gonna learn the habit of breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. My friend, God is going to change your life because He loves you. Let's pray together and then we're going to breathe in and breathe out. Father, we thank You that You love us. Thank You that You came to take us off ventilation. You came to restore the breath of God back into our lives. Father, thank You that You firstly breathe life and love and purpose and hope and joy and intimacy over us, Father. And as we breathe that in, our souls are satisfied. They are full. They are full of life. But God, help us in this next season to breathe out your praise, to breathe out your worship, to like that woman who left self-consciousness at the door, to come and lay it all at your feet, to come and break open our jars of perfume, our resources, our time, our energy, but to lay it all at your feet, Jesus, because you are the one who deserves it. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.